Rogation Days In this month of May, in the days leading up to the Solemnity of the Ascension, Father Shannon Collins explains the history and significance of these special liturgical days. How did the Holy Bishop, St. Mamertus, respond when the end times were seemingly upon his people? Some men erroneously sentimentalize or even idolize nature and others wrongly seek to control it. Today I'd like to discuss the topic of Rogation Days, those special days of prayer that occur before the wonderful Feast of Ascension Thursday. The year was 474 AD, and it seemed like it was the end of the world for many people. The Roman Empire was in a state of utter collapse. Barbarian tribes were wreaking havoc. There were also natural disasters and even demonic activity that manifested God's just wrath against the people. In a city called Vienne, located in the territory of Gaul, the people were suffering terribly. The historical books tell us that Gaul was, quote, groaning and bleeding, unquote, due to the invasion of the Huns and the Goths. Furthermore, there were earthquakes that had shaken Vienne, repeatedly causing many houses and churches to collapse. And then on Easter Day itself, a fire descended from heaven and engulfed the king's palace in flames. Whole forests were consumed by an unprecedented conflagration. And such disasters forced many animals, including wolves and bears, to enter into the towns and cities of the people of Gaul. The chroniclers then record that demons began to enter into the wild beasts which roamed about and even devoured small children and many elderly people. Again, it seemed as if it were the end of the world. The bishop of that area, adversely affected by the disasters, was named St. Mamertus. This holy man knew that the sins of the people were the catalyst for such troubles. St. Mamertus had recourse to prayer, and while prostrate before the altar of God, he was inspired to institute a special period of fasting, prayer, litanies and processions on those three days that preceded Ascension Thursday. Through these acts of penance, the people would supplicate the good Lord to have mercy, to relieve the suffering and to bless the crops during the coming year. Today, in the old calendar, this special three-day period is called the Minor Rogation Days, Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday of this coming week, we will renew this ancient practice through the reciting the litany of the saints, seeking to appease God's just wrath and to ask for blessings on our agricultural pursuits. Now the word rogation comes from the Latin word rogare, which literally means to pray, to ask. Rogation days are days during which we seek to ask for God's mercy, to appease his anger, to avert 
His chastisements manifested oftentimes through natural disasters and even demons being further unleashed. And finally, to ask for his blessings, particularly with regard to farming and gardening. These days are set aside by the church to remind us how radically dependent we are on Mother Earth and how prayer can help protect us from nature's often cruel ways. But more importantly, these days should remind us of the absolute necessity of prayer. The absolute necessity of prayer. That prayer is owed to Almighty God in justice. That prayer alone can turn divine wrath into divine mercy. That prayer, regular prayer, is absolutely necessary for our salvation. In a number of traditional parishes, special processions and rogation masses will be offered, where violet, the color of penance, will be worn by the priest. There is a medieval description of the procession, which will give us a glimpse of the devotional life of our ancestors, and will also show us what many modern Catholics have lost. The old records of the Middle Ages state that in the procession the cross was born and the bells of the churches were rung. And furthermore, holy banners were carried. And in some churches, a figure of a red dragon with a great tail was lifted up. And during this time, the people begged mercy and assistance in their litanies. The chroniclers of the Middle Ages often offered this interpretation. The reason why the cross was born and the bells were rung was to make the evil spirits afraid and to force them to flee. The pealing of baptized and consecrated bells are the voice of Christ's victory over hell and his triumph over Satan and the spirit of the world. If earthly kings have in their battle their own banners or standards, so the king of heaven has the sign of the cross and banners carried into battle by members of the church militant. According to writers of the past, the bells were also rung during great storms so that the demons would cease disturbing the atmosphere. And yes, these same bells would call the people to prayer, for only through divine assistance can we survive nature's cruel blows. For this reason, too, Believers, Christians of past ages, would erect a cross in the face of a storm so the wicked spirits would see the banner of Christ the King and would fear the sign of salvation and they would flee and calm would return. Therefore, in those ancient processions during the minor rogation days, the cross was born and the bells were rung in order to chase away demons in the air and to end their disturbances. The cross was also worn aloft in order to represent the victory of Christ by his saving death and through his physical resurrection and his ascension into glory. To this day, all these holy processions demonstrate that the members of the church militant are marching with Christ towards the heights of heaven, that with his ultimate victory, he has taken the spoils of war from the devil, that he invaded the devil's house and released those prisoners in the limbo of the fathers. And like a great pioneer, he ascended 
The ascended Christ has blazed a trail upwards that we follow in procession from behind. What about that red dragon? What about that red dragon that was also part of the procession back in the Middle Ages? The chroniclers explain that in some churches, especially in France, it was a custom to bear a dragon with a long tail. The first two rogation days, Monday and Tuesday, the dragon was born in front of the cross. But on the third day, the red dragon was carried after the cross and the tail was cut off. The reasoning for the dragon's presence in front of the cross on the first two days demonstrated the time of the devil's reign after the fall of Adam and Eve and even after the giving of the law. But on the third day of the procession, the Wednesday of the minor rogation days, the dragon lost its place to the cross, signifying that the passion of Christ ushered in a new age of grace that toppled Satan from his throne. In our modern age, such penitential processions are largely a thing of the past. Many feel that Mother Nature can be tamed, even artificially manipulated. We can tamper with the environment and remake it, refine it according to our enlightened man-made vision. We see ourselves not so much as stewards of the earth in this modern age, but rather as outright owners who can exploit her at will. On the other side, some modern peoples wrongly deify nature and pervert ecology, making it into a pseudo-religion of environmentalism. Man loses his dignity as steward and custodian of the earth and is seen as an unwanted parasite whose numbers must be reduced for the sake of the environment. And finally, there are those who sentimentalize nature, seeing it only through the lens of a Robert Frost poem or a Courier and Eyes painting, thus forgetting just how cruel nature's ways can be. Rogation days are helpful. They're helpful then in giving us a proper Christian view of things. The earth is truly a mother to us, and we are very dependent upon her great treasures. She is not to be toyed with. We are to be just stewards, watching over this natural gift, accepting the order and nature of things according to the divine plan. The litanies, the prayers, and the penitential practices connected with these days remind us that nature can be savage. One writer I read stated that Mother Nature can turn ugly and cruel in its ways and is often an instrument of divine wrath turned against his rational creatures below. From bothersome thistles in our fields to the horror of cataclysmic events, nature provides challenges to us. The writer then listed various events, quote, ash and fire raining down from great volcanoes, waters bursting through levees, mountainous tidal waves destroying miles of coastal and entire vigil villages, meteors hurling to earth, tornadoes and hurricanes sweeping away all in their paths, droughts, floods, fires that rampage through forests and towns, avalanches of rocks or snow, killer plagues, the very earth 
shaking off human life and opening up beneath our feet, cataclysmic events forming mountains and islands, animals that prey on human beings, lightning strikes, these too are a part of the natural world. Continuing, and though nature seems random and fickle, all that happens is either by God's active or passive will. And all throughout Scripture, he uses the elements to warn, to punish, to humble, and to instruct us. Earth swallowing up the rebellious, wind destroying the houses and killing its inhabitants in the book of Job, fire raining down on Sodom and Gomorrah, water destroying everyone but no one, his family. We need to be humble before and respectful of nature. And be aware not to take her for granted or overstep our limits. But we need to be most especially humble before our Creator, who wills her existence and doings at each instant, whether actively or passively, unquote. To end the most deplorable evil of our day is that men have largely ceased to pray. Rogation days, it seems, are for men of the past, medieval men, unevolved and unenlightened men who feared the forces of nature. Prayer would suggest dependence on, upon someone else. Prayer would be an acknowledgement of our own nothingness before the Most High. Prideful modern man will have none of this. And our rebellion finds expression in the disturbances that surround us. There are harsher storms, mega tornadoes, tsunamis, devastating fires, consuming forests in whole neighborhoods and towns. With our prideful minds, we attribute this all to CO2 emissions. If only we had Less of a carbon footprint, all would be fine. That's what the moderns tell us. If only we aggressively brought about a population implosion in order to deal with the supposed population explosion, we can save ourselves, or so we think. But there will be no true tranquility in nature without peace with Almighty God. Nature will seek to strike us so cruelly and will truly serve men once we have appeased the wrath of the Creator. Living the Rogation days well, during these three days that precede the Ascension, will help save our souls, calm an angry Mother Earth, and grant divine blessings upon our agricultural pursuits. God bless you. This presentation has been brought to you by the Fatima Center. Copyright 2022. All rights reserved. The Fatima Center operates solely on donations. Please consider making a contribution to Our Lady's Apostolate, even a monthly tithe, trusting that God, who has never outdone in generosity, will reward you. To contact us, please call 1-800-263-8160 or visit our website. Fatima.org
we encourage you to share the light and truth of this monthly devotion with others. Saint Memeritus, pray for us. Thank you.